When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B Boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A Boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back. Hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Shane Schillerberg producing. We are live on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and it's 9 o'clock. You know what that means. We're on KFO or on Lincoln as well. Yes, it is. Shout out to all of our fine affiliates that uh, are helping us out here. Also, shout out to the Teammates Program. They help out. They were obviously founded by Dr. Tom and Nancy Osborne. The Teammates Mentoring Program's mission is to positively impact the world by inspiring students to reach their full potential through mentoring. One in three young people grow up without a mentor, and that relationship can be so important. Mentors and mentees meet in school during the day for about 30 minutes once a week. They can play games, work on crafts, just talk. Um, A lot of times, that time can be opened up, you know, just you're playing a board game, you end up talking about life, and uh, that can really impact a kid in ways that it's really hard to imagine until down the road. Any kid as young as third grade all the way up through college can be in teammates, and 94% of mentees say they're proud to be in teammates, and 91% of mentors say they leave their mentoring time in a better mood than when they arrived. Go to teammates.org to become a mentor today. Uh, really great program. We appreciate their support. Uh, wanted to talk about, we're, we're efforting Michael Brunts right now of Husker 24-7 to uh, try and, and talk a little mm-hmm. bit of Nebraska football here. But before we get to that, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, you and you and B had a little bit of disagreement on how you see that USC-Utah game. Yeah, I just don't know, man. I mean, no Cam Rising, right? Yeah, which and, that's been a huge and, problem for them. And right now, like, even their backup is not projected to play. Like they're they're expecting to play like a third or fourth string quarterback yeah. in, in Bryson Barnes. Yeah. And would I rather see him and the Wildcat look that they've been using with their safety? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, uh, but th- they're using him a lot. Would I rather have those two versus 
the projected number one pick in the draft. I'm going to lean the number one pick in the draft, even yeah. if USC's defense is bad. USC's defense is bad, and man, they got beat up. Bad last. defense, bad offense. Like, see, this is what I've been saying all year or, or all week, right? Right. Is you have to be competent on offense to take advantage of a bad defense. I don't know if Utah qualifies for that, but God, their defensive they, lines are so good. And USC is in such a great spot for bounce back. Mm-hmm. They are in such a good spot to do it. They're at home. I just don't see it happening. I know Utah has has the streak going, right? They're mm-hmm. 4-0 in their last meetings, but it, it just doesn't seem like Caleb Williams is going to let the Utes get the better of him this weekend. Yeah, for me, that's a total stay away. You know who I'm not staying away from, though, is our guy Michael Brunts of Husker mm, 24-7. Brunts, how you doing? Not bad. What's up? Oh, Brunts, we're just talking about other college football games outside of the 12-point favorite Nebraska Cornhuskers. That's all we're doing. Do you get to enjoy any oh. college football outside of Nebraska, Brunts, or no? Do I? Yeah. Yeah, man. No, like, do you have time? Like, do you, like, do you have time to do it, I guess? He's like, you're crazy. Uh, yeah. No, like, the Mount, that, that's why I'm all in on the Mountain West and the Pac-12 <laughs> stuff. Like I, anything after, like, 9 p.m. That's your sweet spot? <laughs> did you guys stay up last night and watch New Mexico State and UTEP? I did. I did. Can't say I did. No, I've been uh, fighting a little bit of a cold, so I was in bed by about 9.30, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, the, uh, <laughs> New Mexico State didn't look too bad in that one. I, I turned it off. I, they might have they blown it. So, <laughs> that's all handle. so being a big Pac-12 guy then, before we get to the Huskers, are you on USC or are you on Utah this weekend? I'm staying away from that one. See, that's yeah. what I said. That's a but big if you had game. to choose a winner, like an outright winner, what would it be? I would probably go USC. Um, I, I think I, 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 as bad as USC's defense is, I don't know that they've got uh, – I, I don't know if Utah's got the offense to take advantage of it. So I, I, would, uh, I would probably lean the USC in that one. It's, it's, in, it's in L.A., right? Correct. You know? Yep, it's at USC. I'd, I'd probably uh, lean that way a little bit. I, I mean, Utah is a fun team to watch. They just batter people. Um, but it, it just uh, the offense has been a little bit. It's been tough to watch, um, and, and I say that as somebody that covers a team that has a tough to watch offense. So, um, but yeah, I, I'd probably go USC in the bounce back on that one, even though that uh, that USC defense is very, 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 very bad. The fact that uh, that Utah will never get to play in the Big Ten West is a crime. Um, you know, with the we were talking about this yesterday. I think, do you can you make an argument that the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country this year? So you got Washington, you've got Oregon, you've got Oregon State, who's a lot better than I think people. Yeah, they're what twelfth in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would put them against you know even. Uh, I kind of wonder if they're not even better than some of the other Pac-12 teams that are thought better. Um, I think they're better than USC. I mean, yeah, no, I. Well, it's funny. I mean, like Colorado needed to get that game against Stanford, or else they're not going to be bowl eligible. Because yeah, I mean, I, I, Oregon State's got to go to Boulder, which I mean, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, Oregon State's good, anyways. Um, who else do you got? Utah's hanging around there. Utah's still 14th in the country. I that's mean, that's correct. like that's a still a really good team despite how bad that offense is. Uh, we mentioned USC yeah. at 18, Washington State not mm-hmm. ranked but pretty good, and then UCLA is kind of right on that. Well, and are we sleeping on Arizona? 
I mean, better than people think, I think. I don't know that I've missed a game worse than that one. Um, <laughs> I, I did not see that coming at all. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's the one thing that the Pac-12 has this year, but, and then I'm sure everybody tuned in to listen to me talk about the Pac-12. Yep. Um, but they, they, they've they got, like, teams that are, like, nine-win type teams, where mm-hmm. before it was so top-heavy with, you know, USC and Oregon and, um, you know, I, I think they've got some good coaches out there right now. Um, you know, I, I think DeBoer at Washington, uh, you know, he's a fantastic coach. I think Jonathan, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, um, you know, he's going to have some decisions he's probably going to have to make in the next couple of years about what, what direction he wants to go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a fun conference this year where in the past it was just kind of like, a bunch of teams just battling to get the six wins. I mean, now you've got like legit, you know, probably three through about seven in that conference that would be pretty competitive with about anybody in the country. Brunt, as we change directions and, and talk <laughs> Big Ten football, Actual I mean, Nebraska as much football. as I'd love to like just move into Penn State, <laughs> Ohio State, we'll talk a little Nebraska here. Um, how important, because we talked about this a little bit yesterday too, how important is it for Nebraska to be the one that goes 4-3 and three this weekend, not only for seasonal expectation purposes, but also for the vibe in and surrounding the team the rest of the way? Like, you can't lose to Northwestern as a double-digit favorite, right? Uh, you would not want to, no. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think for Nebraska, it's an, it's an important game because you're, you're coming out of the bye week. You had all that momentum going into the bye week from the Illinois win. And, you know, I, I think the, the, the feeling that you want is that you were, you were starting to turn things around already uh, when you beat Illinois. You improved on that during the bye week. And now you're kind of setting yourself up for, I mean, this, this, this three-game stretch right here is basically what, you know, whether or not you're going to a bowl game. I mean, let, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's outside noise. I understand that. Um, Matt Rule doesn't want that outside noise. But, I mean, that there's, you know, it just kind of tells you how thin the margin is for Nebraska. I mean, you could be walking off the field in East Lansing in the first weekend in November uh, bowl eligible, or I mean, or Nebraska could you know conceivably lose all three of those games. I mean, that that that's just kind of where it's at. So um, you know, this is an important one at home, um, and it and it I think it's not just kind of like the proof of concept from like the coaching staff's point of view, but it, it's an important mental test for this program. Where how do you handle just the the tiniest crumb of um, expectation and, and good feelings, you know, like th- this is not a type of situation that, you know, in the last 10 years that, that Nebraska football has done a good job of handling. So we'll see if they can do that. Um, you know, certainly on paper, this favors Nebraska, but, um, you know, this series always ends up being pretty dumb and stupid things happen. And, um, it, you know, you, you're, you're probably going to end up with a one-score game somehow. But um, it, it's an important one, I think, for, for Nebraska to kind of get the last six off to a good start. Brunts, you mentioned, you know, that uh, that outside noise a little bit. And um, I, I was curious as, you know, a media member like ourselves, how you kind of process that. Because I, I thought about it as like, hey, he's okay with the outside noise existing. He just doesn't want his players to listen to it. Or it feels like in maybe years past, people, other coaches have 
almost wanted like media members not to do their jobs just to eliminate the outside noise from their players. I, I guess how did you think about that particular line from Coach Rule? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, the noise is there, whether you like it or not. I mean, you know, I get asked since they beat Illinois, I get asked a lot about, oh, you know, what 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 bowl game could Nebraska go to, or what what's that look like, or um, so it's there. I mean, it's it's not just media doing it. I mean, it's uh, you know the, the the people sitting around the the diner if they still do that nowadays, uh, talking about stuff. Um, you know, I, I I part of it I think stems from the fact that Nebraska fans just want badly for things to go the right direction and like when you kind of start getting the car rolling down the hill a little bit you want to hop in and you want to hit the gas and go and I just think that's kind of where they're out of the prairie and Matt Rule knows like that's going to be out there um, but his you know the basically since the day he arrived I mean they've been focused on the next day the 1% better line that they say all the time I mean that that's that's what his, he wants to build his program on, which is, uh, you know, kind of runs counter to, you know, people wanting to know if, if Nebraska is going to be playing in Detroit or Las Vegas or if there's a chance they could end up in Nashville. So um, that, that's just kind of where things are at. And it's a matter of uh, the players and the coaches to keep their heads down and, and keep working because, I mean, this is not a finished product by any means. Um, and, and, you know, certainly still not a program where you can count on just throwing the balls out there and feeling like you can show up and beat somebody. I mean, it's going to take four quarters against Northwestern, I think, to beat them. Bronson, the other thing you mentioned was Nebraska's kind of historic inability to handle success well. Um, And and a lot of those guys are still on the team that have experienced those things. How much do you think it helps that Coach Rule just even acknowledges and is aware of that in terms of how far that goes to correcting the issue? Yeah, I mean it's it's in the walls. I mean there, there there's no no denying that. Um, you know, just like the the types of plays that you know cause you to lose football games seem to sometimes be in the walls. I mean the turnover stuff and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think Matt Rule has a good handle um, more than probably any coach that I've covered at Nebraska on you know kind of diagnosing what's what's going on and, and what's there. Um, and, and, you know, being aware of the history and, and kind of how that affects things. Because it does. I mean, you know, this is a program that's lost a lot of games. And, and you know, most of the veteran players on this team, um, you know, their, their career highlight to this point has been beating Iowa last year. I mean, that, that's just kind of where they're at. So, yeah, I mean, you have to acknowledge it. Um, you know, I, I – and, and I don't think the message that the players are getting from the coaching staff has changed at all. I mean, it, it's been a consistent message going back to, to November when Rule got here. Um, so I, I think that helps. But um, it, he even had a line in that in his pregame speech in Illinois about, you know, wishing for something good to happen or waiting for something good to happen. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like that's kind of what he's up against. Is, is how do you as a program kind of you know, grab the bowl and, and, and go out and, and, and make sure it happens. So uh, that, that's, that's a challenge. I mean, and, and it's not something that I, I, don't, I don't think you can just kind of get rid of that overnight. It's going to be a, a multi-year kind of thing. Bruncey, the key to the second half game by game is what? Uh, the key to the game. When, <laughs> I mean, it's a turnover thing, right? Like. Mm-hmm. 
in my head, like you, this is a defense that's going to keep you in every game. Uh, you know, you, you're over the last six, you're playing two teams that have interim head coaches. You're playing two other teams that are down the starting quarterback. Um, you know, you're, you're not playing any, you know, real high-powered offenses. I would, I would probably give the nod in that group to Maryland. But, you know, then again, they lost at home last week to Illinois, which I still uh, don't understand. So, you know, I, I think as long as Nebraska kind of takes care of its own business, they don't, they don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, you, you, you try to be as efficient as you can on offense. I think that helps a ton um, in, in getting you wins because this is a this is a defense that's going to travel. Um, you know, they're certainly going to be testing as Iowa and Wisconsin and kind of the more uh, typical run-heavy teams. But I, I, you know, I think six games into this, you kind of have an idea of what this defense is, and you know, I, I think that's going to be the recipe: is, is play well on special teams, um, you know, manage the game on offense, and let your defense go out and win. I mean, it's it's Big Ten West football. Uh, you got to embrace it, and I think that's the key. I mean, you, you know, on Saturday, as long as Nebraska's offense doesn't go out and turn the ball over three times, I feel like they should have a, a pretty comfortable Saturday. But, um, you know, that that's not something that they've uh, been able to do with consistency, so we'll see if they can do it. We've seen the attempt to clean up play, um, and it, it's just been very slow. The process has been slow to try to like get to where they want to be. Do you think that process is going to continue to be slow? Do you think it's something that they possibly figured out during the bye week or something that can be figured out in a week's time, say, against an opponent like Northwestern? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that everything's going to magically look great. Um, you know, I think what the bye week coming, what it did, does for you is it allowed Nebraska to kind of sit down and say, okay, we didn't come into the season expecting Heinrich Harburg to be our starting quarterback. Um, you know, we expected to have some of our wide receivers out there that we were maybe banking on at the start of the season. Uh, you know, we, we hope that we have our other two running backs. Like, basically, how do we make this puzzle fit? And what do we do well? How can we be efficient? Um, you know, I, I, I would hope that coming out of the bye week and having a week to kind of work on things that, you know, it, it would look a little bit better. I mean, I, I think the kind of controllables and, you know, cutting penalties, things like that, I, I, I would hope that those would get better, um, at, you know, with, with a little bit of a pause and a time to kind of refocus on yourself. We'll see if that happens. But I'm expecting a little bit more of a, not a pared-down playbook, but I, I think kind of just sitting down and having a, a self-scout and kind of seeing what they did well would probably uh, help them given – you know, all the changes that they've had, the injuries that they've had, and kind of how they've had to uh, piecemeal it together on offense the first six weeks of the season. I mean, I, I don't think this is the offense that they would love to be running right now, but uh, sometimes you know, I just, you know, just to, uh, you know, play the, play the cards you're dealt. We're talking with Michael Brunts, Husker 24 uh, 7. Brunts, I know you don't focus, you know, exclusively on recruiting like some of your uh, colleagues over there at Husker 24 7, but. If you are a Nebraska coach, I guess what level of concern would you have about Carter Nelson's seeming flirtation with Notre Dame? Um, I, I would, I would say, on like a scale of one to ten, maybe like a three. Okay, so not much. I, I, you know, I, I think a lot. You know, Notre Dame's always been there. I mean, they they haven't given up. 
since Carter Nelson committed to Nebraska. I mean, I, I think a big thing for Nebraska is continuing to show progress on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of ties there um, to, to keep him in the class. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think part of it was going to see the USC-Notre Dame game. I mean, that was a pretty big experience to, to see, I'm sure. But, um, you know, as we kind of sit here right now, um, you know, my level of concern is super high. Um, he's going to be in Lincoln on Saturday. Uh, I think he's pretty much been in Lincoln every every game weekend they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't think that there's like a flip impending, um, put it that way. So, uh, you know, I, it, it is noteworthy, though, that, you know, you make, you make the trip. Um, the fact that Notre Dame sent a staffer um, to, to – small town Nebraska on a random Friday night, um, mm-hmm. that, that's notable. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that there's a huge level of concern from uh, Nebraska's point of view right now. I mean, I, they were well aware of that visit happening. Matt Rules indirectly referred to that this week. So um, I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Bruncey, um, I think you'd be really good to answer this question, and I've been saving it for you specifically because I heard a quote from Coach Rule last week that he said, I don't need to prove anything to anybody that the process works. And the question that I have for you is this. Do you think it's hard for fans to separate where they want the Huskers to be and overall just be patient with where the team actually is today? Yeah, it is hard. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when, when you watch uh, watch the program basically flounder for twenty years, um, yeah, that that's hard. That's kind of hard to. It's hard to be told to be patient, you know. And I understand from Matt Rule's perspective, it's like I've been. I haven't even been here a year. Like that, that's not my fault. Um, you know, I'm working to build this thing. You know, Nebraska fans have been you know going to road games and you know coming. You watch Nebraska fans coming home from from road games the last ten years or so. Uh, it, it's it's sad to see like people just kind of you know thumbing on their phones in the airport, just looking down. I mean that that's that's kind of what it's been. So I, I can I can see both sides of it. Where from the coaching staff's perspective, they're like you know this is going to take time. It's a big rebuild, um, and and then you know from the fans' point of view, it's like look we've been here the whole time. It sucks. We want to win games. We want to be happy when we leave Memorial Stadium and uh, travel on the road. And um, you know, it, I, I think it's tough too when you see programs that historically you know are seen as being below Nebraska having success. I mean, like Kansas having success. Um, you know, Colorado. You know, their little flash in the pan to start the season um, when they were kind of having to rebuild everything too. Um, it, it's hard to, to be patient. I get that. But, I mean, it's, I, I can kind of see it both ways. But, you know, Matt Rule believes in how he's going to do things, how he's going to rebuild things. He's done it twice at other stops. Um, and, and, and Nebraska fan, you know, sitting there having not gone to a bowl game since 2016 is, is wanting, uh, wanting to see some return on this stuff. Uh, Brunts, I'm curious. You know, I, I'm – I'm very fascinated by you being a Heisman voter, so I like to ask you Heisman <laughs> questions. Um, I know that Michael Penix, and I know you can't talk about specifics, but I know Michael Penix is the dramatic Vegas favorite right now. But I kind of look at the group of candidates, and I and I don't know that I've seen you know that quote unquote Heisman moment yet. How much stock, when you're kind of evaluating these things, do you put in 
some of those like marquee moments versus the entire bo- body of work? Um, I don't know the the Heisman moment. I, it's kind of got to be on top of the body of work, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think sometimes, especially early in seasons, people can kind of get can kind of become prisoners to the moment a little bit, and sure. like everybody tripping over themselves to say how great this performance was and where it ranks and all time and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see in November. Like that's just the way the college football season goes where you, you have ebbs and flows and, um, you know, guys that look great in September fall off by the time they, they reach November. I mean, it, in my head, it's always like, okay, what's, what's the body of work? Like, it, were, were you able to do it consistently over the whole year? That, that my mind weighs a little bit more than just like, okay, I went out and won a big game. So a Heisman moment more of like a tiebreaker if you've got guys with similar bodies of work? Sure. Yeah, that, that's fair. All right, that's Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. Brunts, I'm probably going to ask you a Heisman question every week. Like I said, <laughs> I'm a little fascinated by it, but I appreciate you indulging me and uh, and talking to us every week. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. Thanks, Bruntsy. Yep. See you guys. Yep, See ya. That's Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we've got more for Sports Radio.